last time we kind of wrapped up the episode. We're like, oh, we're kind of season's coming to a close. Nothing really big is going to happen. And by God, for the last week or so, Twitter, everything, all hell has broken loose. <laughs> Breaking so, news. <laughs> it is. It's insane right now. So we uh, felt very obligated that we got some crap to talk about. Um, so we're, we're 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 hopping on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and dive into a few few different uh, topics of conversation, and we'll we'll kind of make sure you are up to speed on some things that are going down. Uh, we weren't expecting to have to do this, but uh, so much stuff has happened over the past week, and and we were just talking about the uh, the transfers, Chancy. I mean, <laughs> even that, or not the transfers, excuse me, the uh, guys that declared for the NFL. We were just like, gosh, that feels like it was so long ago, but it wasn't even a week ago. So. <laughs> We'll get into all that. Uh, it's just been a crazy wild ride lately, and some some of it's good news, some of it's bad news, and uh, we'll we'll get into it here shortly. First thing we wanted to do, though, and we had a couple things that we didn't get to last week that we we wanted to mention. Um, kind of some some highlights and some uh, good things we want to talk about. Uh, we we both wanted to kind of mention uh, with Mark Rick retiring. Uh, I think uh, it goes without saying that. Uh, especially for us to uh, our whole time in college he was he was the coach and uh, and as we kind of grew up and and watched our, our bulk of football has been under under Rick and uh, just wanted to take a moment to kind of uh, I don't say pay our respects guy <laughs> 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 ain't dead but um but just to just to kind of talk about like he really for me I I definitely People kind of put him into a box like you were either Team Rick or you were Team Kirby, and that was so far from the truth. Uh, and and what he did for our program, uh, especially like our our folks, uh, remember what it was before Rick and uh, what he got us to, getting us to a Sugar Bowl in his second year, and, and just um, really kind of changed, turned the program around and did so well for us for so long and, and uh just a real special guy obviously he was a, a leader of men and um it was just a he, he was a great coach to have you, you never you were never con I, I was never concerned about my coach <laughs> i wasn't concerned about my coach getting caught in a strip club or whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> like, tom herman in here <laughs> <laughs> and having anybody tweet bad stuff about him i mean you, you couldn't and uh and, but the, and the, it was really the way that the players talked about him too that just kind of proved the point uh that he was a special guy and um um so yeah i love the guy uh it, it was it it made me. I, I could rest easy at night knowing that my coach was uh, was a special man, and uh, and uh, and a good a good Christian man, and that 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 helps a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. It's it's kind of one of those things that you know we we were born uh, in the middle of the Ray Golf era, uh, but I I don't think either one of us remembers a game back in the early '90s, and then the Jim Donnan era. I I don't. I don't remember any of any of that to be honest with you. My earliest memories of Georgia football are with Mark Rick, you know, starting that new era, that new decade. Um, and he he, I mean, like you said, I mean, he is the reason that we are, you know, he prepared us to to get to that next level. And his first half of his tenure at University of Georgia, I mean, I think everybody thought, you know, we were gonna get a national championship within those first like six or seven years or so um, he almost did it in his second year you know uh, if we hadn't 
lost to freaking Florida again. You know, I mean, how many times did Florida keep us from going to the national championship over the years? Um, but yeah, if we had not lost to Florida that year, uh, you know, we ended up winning the Sugar Bowl against Florida State uh, in 2002. So it was just kind of one of those things that, you know, Rick came in, he completely changed the culture. And I think, you know, over some time, and, and, and I have a great appreciation appreciation for what Mark Rick did. Uh, and in fact, you know, I mean, you've I'm sure you've met him before too, but I was, I actually did a little stint like doing an internship in the Bulldog Club once and, and the guy that was a director over there took me over to meet Mark Rick and whenever I shook his hand, I mean, I, we were in college at the time and, you know, of course, we weren't playing very good football at the time. I think it was in 2013 or 2014 and and I shook his hand. It's still like I met like my childhood idol, you know, and and it you know you you had this reverence about him. So I've got a lot of great respect for him. I think it you know obviously later in his tenure, I think that it was kind of time it was kind of time to move on and turn the page kind of thing. And obviously we both love Kirby Smart, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate what Rick did for this program. Um, and I think what he did, especially you know. The years that we went to the Sugar Bowls and the years that we went to the SEC Championships and all that were great. Um, and we did end up going to the Sugar Bowl this year. But what he did, I think, in 2007 was probably his greatest feat at University of Georgia. Uh, and it was kind of one of the few times that we saw him, you know, in the middle of the season be the catalyst that pointed us towards the Sugar Bowl. Of course, we ended up barely missing out going to the SEC Championship. I think we would have dominated uh lsu in that game but you know we had such a full head of steam and i think i know i always talk about 2007 like it was this golden year um but you know we had this full head of steam and i could just tell that this team after that florida game where we danced in the end zone i watched it i watched a video about that today uh and when we danced in the end zone like that's kind of one of those things i wasn't there but i saw it on tv and i like i'll never forget i mean i was lying on my living room floor and I was like what is going on this is the greatest day of my life (laughs) and uh no it's just kind of things like that that you know we'll always be able to cherish I mean I know you and I can go back and forth about a bunch of different memories about Mark Rick but he was great coach great man and uh you know always you know wish the best so wish the best for him he's probably gonna go like do missionary work in Africa now or something you know yeah (laughs) and just be the man absolutely yeah so we we couldn't go without uh without mentioning him and then uh the other thing that we didn't mention last week was we had a huge milestone uh last year actually a a record uh something had never been done before and having uh two backs go rush over a thousand yards or two different backs from two different seasons rushing for over a thousand yards each two consecutive years and uh but that was a lot to process yeah i was saying it i'm like this is difficult to say well yeah so i think the only two there were that did it before chubb and sony were eric dickerson and whatever the other guy's name is from smu Uh, i i i think i can't remember if they did it or not but then but it was the first time there's ever been a running back tandem or duo that has run for a thousand yards each in consecutive seasons. Yeah. You so I, 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 did I do better? Yeah, because it wasn't hard, it wasn't hard to do worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to not trying to make you feel bad. 
No, no, I, I did that on my own. You go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's awesome, man. I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those things you, you look back and how was Elijah Holyfield's legacy going to be defined at the University of Georgia? And uh, honestly, the I mean, I think he was a hell of a player, but this was his only year where he could make a statement. And him and Swift both ran for 1,000 yards. And, you know, coming in the season, I think everybody thought, okay, this is going to be the DeAndre Swift show. But then you you really started to see that Holyfield just had some gas, man. I mean, that guy, he was full steam ahead every play. So I respected his hustle and, uh, you know, loved the way he carried the ball. So, yeah, two well, of them, baby. And, and, well, and the thing, and kind of on the flip side of that with Swift, the fact that he really didn't get healthy till after, mm-hmm. like, basically midway through the season and still got 1,000 yards, over 1,000 yards. I mean, to me, that is also – uh, incredibly impressive, and they just, just like Chubb and Sony, they complemented each other so well, and and just were, just very dynamic, and in, but in very different ways, and just gave our offense just such a, um, just a, a lot of different looks, and, and we were lethal in a lot of different ways because of how they ran the ball, and, and obviously we all know the, the, how they play and, and what their strengths are, but. Uh, We've we have been uh, beyond uh, blessed <laughs> at that position for a long freaking time. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think we're gonna continue to be blessed. I mean, we brought in two. Well, we're gonna keep you know we're gonna keep Swift. He's gonna come back. He's gonna be a true junior, and then we're gonna have Z- uh, James Cook, who's gonna come back and he's gonna contribute in in you know whatever whatever way they need him to. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to get a lot of work in the slot position next year, especially with some of these departures um, that were, that are going to the NFL. But then on top of that, Zeus, he's got an entire off – well, he had the entire season. Now he's got an entire off season to, one, get get healthy, and then, two, build up that strength again. And I think we're, I think we're about to see the Zeus show – blow up in our face like in a good way <laughs> like <laughs> explode you know i mean it's uh so i'm i'm excited i mean that that position rbu baby gotta keep that up todd is on every freaking ad now it's un it's unbelievable like he was on some microsoft ad on tv the other night and i'm just like he pops up in my instagram feed and all these he, he's like, like endorsed by like pizza hut like yeah like what what is can it's I be unbe- endorsed by Pizza Hut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. But and so and, and that's obviously one of the reasons why we're we're able to recruit the way we do is because what other running back is that guy in the NFL right now? There's no star running back that ha- that kind of has the 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 mystique around him that like or not mystique but the uh, the, the swagger and, and and like what whatever I'm trying to say. Well, he's in L.A. You know. I right. mean, he so, and he's I, and he's making the most yeah. of it. Yeah, no, he is. He is. But um, anyway, we we also we also wanted to mention that, and uh, before we kind of dove into some stuff that wasn't as uh, happy, um, but I guess was the f- the first bit of news was, uh, it just seemed like everybody said, "Hey, <laughs> bye, <laughs> yeah. we're going to the we're going to the NFL," and uh, I I felt um. I knew we were going to have some guys go, and I knew there was going to be a couple of ones that we may have just been like, I just didn't expect everybody to go. I mean, it it really was 
almost everybody. And uh, I guess we should have been more prepared for that emotionally, uh, but I was not. Well, the only one that I so the one the only one that really surprised me that he went was Miko. But then again, I sat back and it, and 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 it didn't surprise me a whole lot. Well, I actually drove through uh, Miko's hometown of Bowman, Georgia, the other day. And if you're from Bowman, Georgia, it's you know a nice little country town and everything like that. But there ain't a whole lot there, and I can tell that Miko. You know, there's a reason Miko was like, yeah, I, I'm gonna go get some money. Uh, let's go make it right now. But you know the thing that that stinks is you know I don't know what these guys' draft grades came back at. I don't know what they're looking at as far as salary. Um, you know, for you know first year contract. But I don't I don't see Miko being the guy that they're gonna say. Let me take this kid in like the fourth round and take a chance on him being a true wide receiver because. And I think Miko can be where I mean he played wide receiver his entire career at Georgia, but at the same time he's not polished. He's very fast. He's not tall, but so he's going to be a specialist guy. And I think he can be that guy, but then he also has a history of dropping balls on punts and stuff. So it's kind of one of those things that I I just hope the guy gets drafted. And then on and then besides that, uh, Nauta made the most sense. I mean, he saw that tight end room getting huge and he was just going to get left behind. He wasn't going there basically what he said is like there's not a lot of a lot left for me here like there's no more value I can create. And I think that's true. I think Ridley could have created more value. Um, and then Holyfield, he's a running back, so you, you never really know. So, I don't know. What's your take on, on, on all those guys leaving? Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you for the most part. Um, I, think, I think some of these guys can have real good combines just because of how athletic they are, and that'll help their stock. I mean uh, – you can almost see like a, I don't know if it'd be a situation like Con, like Chris Conley when he just had the the biggest combine of any human ever. It was <laughs> it was kind of kind of wild, um, but Miko was one that um, he had a he had a lot of highlights and things like that. That one I, I was definitely surprised by. Uh, Holyfield, I, I think that one surprised me. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I just felt like kind of what you mentioned earlier. He had one year to kind of prove himself, and or he took he had he only had this year to be the starter, to really have that opportunity. And I thought he had a great year, um, but I just didn't. I didn't. I, I just thought he had so much more to to prove. But at the same time, like you mentioned, he know. I, I mean, he probably knows what Zeus is going to be like. He he knows what that backfield is going to look like so for him it may have been I don't think I'm going to be able to produce anymore and numbers wise I'm not going to be able to maybe repeat what I did um or or, or whatever it may be um so that that was kind of kind of my my thoughts on him uh Ridley I hated it but I mean at the same time for him I was like God, I feel like we could have done more there I don't know I, I think all these guys could have benefited from coming back one more year. I think, I mean, like in maybe a, in a major way. Yeah, to me, but but I, I and then Nauta, kind of like you said, Nauta. Nauta is the only one that probably could not have benefited anymore. I think. Right, and he's becoming he's more so he's becoming kind of that the new tight end, like he's kind of more in that new mold of that new tight end that you see in the NFL now. Um, 
and, and kind of can put you in the slot and, and is a little more athletic and can uh, run those routes pretty well. And, and so, I mean, I think he'll get picked up by somebody for sure. Um, I think he'll be drafted. I, I'm, I'd be surprised if it's anywhere higher than maybe the middle of the fourth round. Right, right. Well, and, and I, I mean, man, depending on how the combine go, and I mentioned combine because it's like – I think we're just going to be surprised at just how low our guys go. I mean, obviously, besides, um, and we hadn't even uh, we hadn't even mentioned. Uh, I, mean, I guess for those those guys that are going early, but obviously, like uh, uh, DeAndre Baker, he's going to go high, um, and then some of our seniors, like I think Walker Walker is going to go high for sure. But yeah. out of those juniors, I mean. It's going to be interesting to see, man, and that, and that's what I because to me, like when when you look back at like Chubb, Sony, and and um and that that crew, they came back and wanted to do something, but they also came back because they knew that their draft ceiling was so much higher. Like they knew that if they it was like okay, like Lorenzo Carter, like all those guys, like that Davin Bellamy, when they came together, they're like, we can we know we can prove a lot more. And so, let's kind of do this together. It's going to be a kind of a team rallying moment because if the team does better, we're going to do better. That jumps our draft stock up. Yeah. And our guys yeah. went so high. I mean, it was just – it was absurd. I think Lorenzo – Lorenzo alone went from, like, maybe a fifth rounder to – well, did he – he got drafted in, like, the third round, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Like, so, to, to, to me, it's also like – it's like, it's just so much – there's a there's a lot of value that they left on the table, but it's also like, man, you had the opportunity to kind of cement your legacy at the University of Georgia. Instead of being processed, you were a part of. You're gonna be like one. You're, you you could be in the record books. Two, you're gonna be just like those guys that these kids growing up remember, just like we do with guys like, you know, David Green or David Pollock or Muhammad Masqua, guys like that. You know, so it's just kind of one of those things that I think there's, I think there's an emotional benefit. I think there's obviously an economical benefit, and but then I think it's also just like you're you're building that legacy, and you want to leave a place and a and you want to leave it in a better place than you found it. You know, so that's the way I look at it. Well, and I think too, when you do that, like not only you submitting your legacy, the state tech, like the people of Georgia will take care of you, like. I mean, all of our football players, like, they they can come back and they, they have all these – they become spokespeople for businesses. They run ads for folks. And, like, they – if you go to a business and, and, um, and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so, and, and you're like, oh, heck, yeah, I, we – I was in college I, while you were playing ball and, like, yep. heck, yeah, come on. Like, let's do this. Like, I mean – the state will take care of you. I mean, and you're going to get opportunities if you, like, Aaron Murray, for example. I mean, obviously he came from a wealthy family. But because of his success at Georgia, he obviously wasn't NFL talent and just didn't fit the mold. But he played for a while and got a lot of money there and was a backup or whatever, but was well-spoken, had a great college record, and now is calling college games and is – all over the state. I mean, everybody. Well, he's, he's about to be the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Legends. Remember? <laughs> yeah, sorry, forgive me. I, I, I can't believe. Well, I, speaking I of which, there's that. like there's like twenty dogs, and there's not twenty, but there's like seven or eight <laughs> former dogs on that team right now. So yeah. 
I haven't looked up the roster. <laughs> but I watch a few. Look, here's the deal. They're not stupid. I watch some games just simply because Aaron Murray is on the team or, you know, uh, D- Damian Swan is on the team. You just know that? Damian Swan. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> Let me listen to this. Quincy Mauger, or oh Quincy, God. whatever his last name is now. Uh, Quincy Mauger, Damian Swan, Dominic Sanders, <laughs> and... And, oh gosh, what was the fourth one? There was like another defensive back. It was like one of those things that take take some of our worst defensive <laughs> I mean, bless them. They're all, they're all damn good dogs. Uh, and Damien Swan. Damien Swan was a player, but some of them were, were, were pretty laughable in the, in the secondary. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're right. No, you'll be taken care of. I mean, just look at Herschel Walker. I mean, I know that's too the nth degree but like at the same time herschel walker i mean has he ever paid for lunch in the state of georgia i don't know if he has no i mean well I, the I thing have, is he's he started the businesses that make lunch yeah. like he, yeah. he run, he's got chicken company like he's he's got all the all the uh, it's just there, there's so much opportunity that you leave on the table and, and a lot of it too is the people that are talking to them about this stuff do not take that into a to, uh, and obviously, like Holyfield, for example, he he's going to be able he's going to get looks because of his name. Like people yep. are going to look at him like, oh, that's Evander Holyfield's son. Like we're going to give him a look. So him, like honestly, the more I, th- I I was surprised by him at first, but the more I thought about it, it's like it that one it makes more sense to me than it kind of makes the most sense to me. Um, out of those guys, we didn't we were kind of unsure of, but it. The rest of the guys, I just felt like, because the thing is, like next year, Ridley could have been the guy. Yep. Ridley could have been that I mean, standout receiver in the country. Well, that's what it, that's what I was saying on our group text is that to me, the the one that hurts the most is Ridley. Yep. Ridley and Holloman opposite of each other on the on the field is dangerous. And I mean, one more year in that system, I mean, who knows? Well, and, and like I said, he the what the way he was catching the ball, he he was so physical. He. He would always that first guy. He would throw that corner on the ground every time. The guy was so physical, and um, and he blocks and, really well. Yeah, I mean he's super, he's so strong. But he was the one to me that was like, man, you're. It to me, it would have been a a, a chub a chub jump, like it would have been kind of it, it's like a, a round or two kind of deal. And, and to me, in one year, the pay difference between those, yeah, like. That's that's huge. I mean, it. So I don't know. I I get concerned and like I don't know the, all the dealings that go into all this this crap with these agents and stuff. But the people that they talk to, just I know, like maybe they are looking out for them. But and, and I'm not in the room and having the conversation. So I mean, I can't. I can only say so much. But it, it, to me, it just seems like God. You're and obviously too. Last year's group was that was probably an outlier for how yep. we were just so successful and everybody jumped so high and I mean so they all could have been in the same spot next year that's very possible but I I just think with how young everybody was and the trajectory that we were headed and then also too I mean I, I'm curious how and I don't know what your thoughts are the way that Sugar Bowl game ended I, I how much of that had an impact I mean, the way our season finished up, like, I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it was the deciding factor, but it didn't help. 
to well, me. Well, there was there was the, for a couple of those guys, there was murmurs from like you know the beginning of the season. I think there was an article that came out that said that Nauta was planning on going pro, literally before the before the first game. Yeah, and then as far as like Ridley and Miko and um, Holyfield go, I I think Holyfield. Because remember, we talked about it, but we thought that Trey Sanders was going to commit to the Dogs because he thought that Holyfield was going to uh, stay. Sorry, that he was sorry that he was he decided that he was going to go to Alabama because he thought Holyfield was going to stay. Well, and that, and we thought that that was the reason we lost out on him. And I I truly do think that was like a very I think it was actually right after the Sugar Bowl that that decision was made. I, I think I read the other day that Holyfield made up his mind the day that he, the day that he announced it. So it's kind of one of those things that you never know what's going on in these guys' heads. They're 21, 22 year old kids, you know. So it's kind of, it's just like recruiting, man. They could change their mind the day of, the second of, the minute of, you know. So it's um. It's kind of one of those things I, I, I you know, you, you just kind of have to wish the best for him and, and, and let it go. Uh, but then, you know, you also think about we've got some guys that decided they were going to come back. J.R. Reed, who I'm sure didn't get a very high draft grade. But I like the guy. I like the guy because he's a hustler, and I think he's one of the few at least vocal leaders on the team. <clears throat> and then uh, old Hot Rod, man. Hot Rod decided that I ain't going to leave early. And everybody was like, well, why is a kicker going to leave early? He's like, well, he graduated in like three and a half years. So that's the reason like he was going to try to, uh, he's going to try to uh, leave and, uh, and get out of there. But decided to stay. He's going to come back and kick. He's probably going to get some sort of master's degree, I guess. I don't know. Well, and, and I, I think if, and we'll talk about it eventually, but you look at that Alabama game and you look at some of these other games it's kind of important to have a kicker, <laughs> yeah. And so having a guy like uh, like Rod is a uh, is is much needed uh, to say the least. But um, but yeah, it, it it's tough because the the thing that hurts me the most is the boost that we got from when those guys all came behind Kirby in that press conference and are like we've all decided to stay and go our senior season uh as a team you you saw that on, i mean you we saw what kind of impact that had and uh i think somehow we're going to be younger this year than we were <laughs> or younger this co- upcoming year than we were this past year um so i, I mean i really think it's going to hurt us at the beginning of the season and the way our season set up um and, and hurt is a big i mean you can kind of take that however you want but it's going to take time, I think, offensively for us to catch a, a groove. The nice thing is, though, offensive line, a lot of young guys played a lot this season. I feel like they'll be they'll be where we want them to be. Um, receiving is going to be it will be interesting. Not have I mean, it's going to be it's going, I think it's going to take a while for Miko like not having Miko and Ridley. Uh, I think that's going to be a big deal. Um, and Godwin but, too. We hadn't even talked. Oh about yeah, him. and we hadn't even talked yeah. about God. I, mean, I guess we haven't even talked about these seniors really. Um, but have not having Terry because Terry was, he he was automatic in a lot of situations and um, and so I I just think it's going to be another one of those seasons we kind of have to. It's going to take us some time to get our momentum, um, especially de- depending on who comes in as as OC. Uh, so 
God, so much crap is happening. Uh, I thought this last offseason was kind of don't really know what we're going to walk into next year. And I thought 19, I was like, we're going to have some kind of continuity. Yeah. um, But that, nah, we ain't. Hey, well, before, I know know it's on our list or whatever, but before we jump into coordinators and and whatnot, um, I do want to say something real quick about how some, some recruiting news and, Basically, long story short, Jaden Hazelwood's saga is finally over. <laughs> he said he told us that we were, that he that he was going to Oklahoma. I didn't realize he grew up an Oklahoma fan. I think there's some sort of family connection there. I haven't read too 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 far into it, so I'm not concerned about it. I think there's a chance that we get this other guy out of Alabama. His name is George Pickens. Uh, he's like another. I, I think he's another five star receiver if i'm not mistaken so anyway the hazelwood thing is over uh at least at least we're done with that drama um of course we wish that he was on the team but at at the same time you know you you just kind of need to get past it but to counter that we did pick up a great uh cornerback prospect in tyreek stevenson um some people are saying that he is uh potentially the the next deandre baker he's he's out of miami i think i mean you know we just keep getting these guys that are huge cornerbacks. I mean, like, yeah, so he's 6'1", 180. I mean, he's going to put on a few more pounds, probably not a whole lot, and he's just going to keep that speed. So somehow we keep on getting these second these secondary guys out of Miami. I don't know how we pluck them out of there, but um, let's be honest. Uh, what's his name? Manny Diaz. I don't think he's going to keep – I don't think he's going to keep too many prospects <laughs> down there. If I, I'll, uh, I'm going to stick with Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like we've gotten out of the Miami area alone over the past three recruiting seasons. I'm pretty sure we've gotten like eight prospects from down there. Because last year alone we had four or five, yeah. and that's including two five stars, Tyson Campbell and uh, James Cook. So keep recruiting down there, man. I love South Beach. <laughs> give me that. Give me that stuff, man. Absolutely. No, yeah, I, I think uh, I don't think. I guess want to kind of preface this too. Don't think that these guys leaving is the end of the world. Um, it just it just changes how we have to approach this season and what our mentality's got to be. But so I mean I I think at the end of the season we started to see the talent that we have, especially defensively, and we just got a lot we got a lot to prove on offense with our weapons. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of talk, but we haven't seen these guys play yet and. Um, so especially guys like Zeus, I mean, he's the people talk of him like the second coming of Herschel, and but he hadn't towed the ball once. So we just got to see this stuff in action. But um, I, I'm I'm excited. It's taking me a second with all this news to kind of get like, okay, I'm, I'm I know I'm gonna be super excited and things are things are gonna be okay. Don't 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 lose faith, kind of deal. Uh, but it's it's gonna it's gonna get, it's gonna be interesting uh, to say the least. So. Um, do you want to you want to hop into coordinators and, and all the? Yeah, sorry, I, I threw the I threw the recruiting news in there. I was just like, I don't want to leave this at the very end of the episode, so I figured I'd go ahead and say it. Um, but uh, yeah, so as most of you know, we found out today that old Jim Cheney uh, is heading to Tennessee, and he's he's getting a I think about a five hundred thousand dollar raise, if yeah. not a little if not a little bit more than that, because he was making just below a, a million. Um, a, a year um, in his current contract at UGA, 
And then he's getting 1.6 or maybe 1.5 at Tennessee every year, so which is crazy. Yeah, he's it's starting out. I think it well, I think it averages out to that a year, or maybe maybe that's his first. I, I can't remember what it is, but it increases. But it it was basically a 50 percent raise <laughs> from what yeah. he was getting with us. Um, and honestly, like if they're willing to pay him that much, uh, I feel pretty confident that. Um, we did not try real hard to match it. Um, I don't know if you saw Kirby's statement. Uh, it, it got released at some point today. But it was just very like, we are thankful that Jim Chaney was here when we started. We yeah. wish him the best. Yeah. <laughs> and it, he said, he said it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think... I feel like Cheney saw the writing on the wall that um, there was just not really going to be, especially the way this season ended. Um, there was just not a lot of offensive offensive variety, and we were just strictly relying on talent. Um, to, and not to say he had – I mean, we, we had a successful season offensively, but in a lot of our big games, we just never we, – we, in the two games that we got owned in, we just never changed the – we never, we never adapted. We never yeah. went back to the drawing board and came up with something creative. Um, and so I, we were, he was obviously not going to ever get that much from us. So I completely understand why he would leave. Uh, so to me, um, I mean, it, I, there's no, it's, it's not, I think losing Mel hurts us more in the, in, in kind of the short term, than Cheney, well, honestly, I don't know because it's Kirby's defense anyway. But I think we still got to have somebody great in that spot. Um, so I, I guess kind of the—I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on him leaving because I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of like indifferent. Like, honestly, if we bring somebody in that's just a little more creative, it kind of changes the whole dynamic. <laughs> well, you know what? A lot of people are there's. I, I read so many people talking online <clears throat> online about how. Cheney was actually an air raid offense guy. He was a spread guy. Well, he was really only a spread guy back when he coached a guy named Drew Brees at Purdue. Um, after that, he really wasn't. He really didn't run that kind of offense. He didn't run it at Pittsburgh. He didn't run it at Tennessee. Uh, he didn't run it in Arkansas. Uh, those, those, all three of those teams ran a more of a pro style offense while he was there. So, some people are saying that that Kirby's the only reason that he ran that kind of offense, and that that's. That's just not true. <laughs> Kirby doesn't have the time to want like one. The guy's a defensive-minded coach. He's not going to say, "Hey, Jim Chaney, I'm going to give you the keys to this offense." But while 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 I give you the keys, I'm going to keep a spare key for me. And and whenever I want to take it for a spin, I'm going to take it for a spin, kind of thing. No, I mean I think there's certain th- times, of course, whenever a head coach is going to you know he's going to say, "Hey." I'm calling an audible here. This is what we need to do. But for the most part, this is Jim Chaney's offense, and he ran it with Jake Fromm. And I think he gave a little bit of freedom with Fromm to make a play at the uh, line of scrimmage. But at the same time, no, this is Jim Chaney's decisions. I mean, this is his offense. Um, but anyway, it's to me, it's kind of one of those things that I, there, you know, you, I've expressed my uh, displeasures with this offense over over the season with you, and I, you know. It was a record-setting offense in a way. I mean, it wasn't at UGA, but he still averaged like 39 points a game. 
um, or close to it, at least going into the Sugar Bowl. And so it's it was really relatively successful. But, you know, you, you watch some of the games that we did not perform well in, and it was, like, stubborn, man. And I just wanted a little bit more creativity. I wanted a little bit more, you know, dynamic to to our offense and that we just weren't seeing. That we, you know, there were certain things that we used to see growing up. I mean, a toss sweep was, what is I mean, that? It, would, it happened, like, 20 times a game. <laughs> That's it, all we knew how to run, and it worked. Yeah, <laughs> and it worked. I mean, pool... Pull the guard, lead the fullback. I mean, in this current offense, you can just lead the tight end, uh, pull pull the opposite guard. I mean, it's it is not that hard to figure out. Uh, but we never ran that crap. We never we didn't run a lot of screens. I mean, there's just to run a successful play action offense. And I'm no coordinator or anything like that. But like I know a little bit about football. And to run a successful successful play action offense, you don't just stick to number one running the ball and two throwing it over the top whenever they come up on the run. you got to throw a little bit in there to change the pace. And even if that means running a, a five-wide set or something like that, empty backfield and do a QB draw, or if that means running a little uh, screen pass or a tight end screen pass, something like that. So anyway, it's just kind of stuff like that that kind of grinded my gears a little bit. And there was times where I was like, look, Chaney, we're not going to get much better from what – you know, then Cheney, if we hire a guy that runs this similar offense, but uh, there was also times where I was like, "Damn, I wish we had somebody else calling plays yeah. right now." Yeah, right. so uh, it's I'm, I'm I'm I was definitely like pro finding somebody that's a good fit, and still am. We haven't figured out who that's going to be yet. Uh, people, some people are saying a guy named Derek Hansley. I don't know who the hell that is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not very familiar with like the the. Off- offensive the market landscape right now <laughs> i don't know who's uh who's got high stock uh <clears throat> right now i had, had some buddies text me and, and they're like throwing these names out and i'm like man i have i have no freaking idea who these people are <laughs> don't like, don't know him from adam man right i mean so i mean i know a couple but like it, it just i mean they're gonna do their due diligence and, and, and figure it out and um and the one thing that kind of got everybody worked up was, is Sam Pittman going to go leave and go with him? And and obviously that's not the case. We know that by now. Um, but I feel very confident that we are going to do everything <clears throat> in our power uh, besides pulling funds from the state government, which we may have to, <laughs> to keep Pittman in Athens. Uh, and I think, I feel good about it because the man is an offensive line coach. That is what he does, and he is damn good at it. Like yep. he's been that his whole career. He's mastered the craft, and um, and yeah. How many people stick to a position group coach like that? Right. There's well, not many because no. you go you go from you go from like wide receiver wide receivers coach to RB coach, RB coach to QB coach, QB coach to an offensive coordinator. Yeah. You know, it's like you're you're always one for the next step. And, but, and this is just what he loves living in the trenches. It's right. Great. And and but at the same time, like if you look at his like his trajectory, like as college football has become such a huge deal, his like his pay over the years, he's getting paid like a million dollars or something like that. Like he's an offensive line coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's getting paid like a coordinator. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and 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 he has. I don't, I don't think he if he did. I think by now he would have already done it. But it, it's funny that 
we probably hired Cheney just to get Pittman. And we, and I, we obviously have, they weren't doing this when that came around, but we wanted Pittman more than we wanted Cheney. <laughs> and we've seen what he's been able to do just in two years in terms of recruiting and um, taking a group of offensive linemen in a couple seasons that have no chemistry and by the end of the season are, just, are great. And uh, especially this group we've got coming back this year, it, we had every combination on the team uh, line up at offensive line due to injury, due to guys finding their spot. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And he's phenomenal. So, I, And I think he can establish something here at Georgia that would be kind of like, kind of like you were talking about earlier, cementing your legacy. Like how we talk about an Irk Russell uh, at Georgia, we could talk about a Sam Pittman. And uh, I think that's, he can do that here, and obviously our biggest concern is actually Alabama trying to come get him. And obviously they're going to try to get him. But I think we will match whatever they try to do. According um, to Dog Nation, that that saga of Alabama trying to get him is actually over. And I don't trust those guys. Those guys will release anything, breaking news. You know, like any if they get a hint, a sniff. Of, of good news, or breaking news, let me send out a notification kind of thing. But, at the same time, I do believe that Sam Pittman... Sam Pittman has no reason to go. Right. If Alabama came to him and offered him Bakoodle's amount of money, they're going to pay him like a freaking head coach. That's one thing. But he is... He's in a great situation. He's gotten... He's gotten three years of recruiting classes in, under his belt. He knows these guys. He knows that they're elite studs. He's gotten basically everybody he wants. Uh, if he leaves right now, you know, he's just like, well, these past three years have been for nothing. And it's not like it's not like he is has been coaching at Arkansas and they haven't, you know, even been to the SEC championship. He's seen success in these guys. Right. He's seen what they can accomplish. So I think there's no reason for him to leave. And and I'm pretty sure, you know, we're we've pretty much all but confirmed that. Yeah. No, I'm I, I've I mean, obviously, you kind of have to think about it for a minute when that kind of talk comes up because you're like, we cannot lose him, <laughs> him, and a yeah. guy who's not, and a guy who's not getting talked about enough is Dell McGee. Dell um, McGee, yeah, he has been instrumental in these recruiting classes and might be the top recruiter ever. <laughs> and he's, he is so good, <laughs> and um, and he's getting paid dumb amounts of money too. Um, so I, I think we're. I think I think we're okay with those guys, and, and which kind of leads to okay, who do you bring in? Do we hire internally? Do we do we go outside the program? And and I don't I don't really know. I I don't feel like hiring outside of the program is going to change these guys' minds as much. Um, just because, like I say, kind of like the way we're paying them, how like what their position is. Um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that. That's kind of – I'm not real sure where where they're going to go with that because the talk is of kind of like kind of pushing Coley up to to kind of the OC because right, we kept right. him from going to A&M. Um, we, we kind of – so I, I don't know if promises were made, if what kind of conversations that was like, but I don't know what your, your thoughts are there. Well, I don't think – I, I don't think any promises were made. I think it's just kind of like 
kind of what you said earlier, like, you know, people people can see, they can feel the room, you know, they can feel out of the room, they can see the writing on the wall, like, I think Coley saw that, okay, uh, if Chaney, Chaney and Kirby don't get along, Chaney's on his, on the last leg of his contract, if I wait it out, I'm going to get the Georgia job as an offensive coordinator over a Texas A&M job. I think at this point, I'm pretty sure Coley's going to get it. I don't think there's not a lot of big big like names out there right now and I think he'll be able to run uh run that similar system. I mean, he had a decent amount of su- success at uh he play, he was coordinator of what FSU and Miami. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And yeah. then uh and then like one other school. So it's just kind of one of those things that I you know, it's not going to be a splash hire. But I think he's going to be end up being the guy, and then you know there's two considerations for internal hires on the defensive side of the ball. Some people are saying Dan Lanning, who is the outside linebackers coach, and then Glenn Schumann, who's the uh, inside linebackers coach, are in the running. I think Lanning is, <clears throat> I think Lanning's supposed to be potentially the guy. It's kind of one of those things that on the defensive side of the ball, I'm not near as worried about finding the right coordinator because I know it's going to be Kirby and company are going to be running the show over right. there. So, right. But I tell you one thing, man, it made a difference with Kirby being sucked into having to spend a lot of time uh, actually coaching and running the defense in that game in that Sugar Bowl. Yeah. I, I I mean we just weren't used to that. He wasn't used to that over the season. He's been a head coach now for three years, so um, you know being thrust into that kind of responsibility. Although you know the defense like forwards and backwards, I think it's just kind of like it's just a lot to handle. I mean, he's got to go to all these different press conferences. Not trying to make excuses, just trying to say I think he, it was kind of an uncomfortable situation with him having to do that for just one game, you yeah. know, last year. Oh yeah, it wasn't ideal at all, uh, for sure. But I mean. It's it's uh, well, I'm trying to avoid thinking about that game. <laughs> it, uh, it 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 hurts me, uh, but but yeah. So I mean, I feel I feel good about like all all these all these kind of announcements and stuff. Kind of just jolt me for a minute and like gets the adrenaline going. And you're like crap. Like you're having thinking through all the worst case scenarios and all this kind of stuff. But but then when you kind of sit back and think about it, you're like okay, it's gonna be fine. Just take it take it easy. Everything's gonna work out okay, uh, but so I mean I, I feel pretty I feel like we'll be fine a, a, across the board um, in in coaching in a coaching standpoint, um, but but we'll see. So um, let's see. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that. So um, I don't have any more thoughts on that. I mean I think we kind of have covered a, a, a good bit of that. Um, I think it's, you know, obviously we, we can't finish the episode and not talk about the fact that uh, old Justin Fields is, is heading to Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Um, there's obviously the drama between him and the current backup quarterback, Tate Martell, who has been tweeting and gramming and commenting and all this different stuff about warning Justin Fields about coming up there kind of thing. Um, and to me, there's definitely a big talent difference between those two. But anyway, yeah, I think it's just kind of one of those things. It's like I'm ready for this to be over, but as we saw today, I, it's not anywhere near being over. And this lawyer, I, I swear to goodness, I think is about to drag uh, University of Georgia football program through the mud. 
and and I hate it, and I think it's unfair. And that's what happens whenever you you hire a lawyer. I mean, I I you know, like I said before, that Fields and his family went from being, man, this guy's going to be the next. He's the future of the of the Georgia football program to being hated, you know, in a way. And and it's not like you know. I think some people wish wish the kid the best and everything, but at the end of the day, it's like man. You could just do what Eason did and what a lot of people have done before. You know, the Ole Miss program, I mean, they've hired the same lawyer that did the Ole Miss transfers, right? That's a different story, man. That 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 program was in shambles and it was and it was a disgrace. And I don't I don't like blame that one bit for trying to get the hell out of there. But this is like coming from a program that's like they've done nothing but given you the opportunity to succeed here. And you're just going to turn around and throw him a bird and say, I'm out of here. Oh, and by the way, on my way out, I'm going to steal all your cash. You know, like, it's just not, it's just not the way you need to go about these things. And that's where I just, I mean, the kid can make the, the best decision for him. I don't blame him for transferring. But there's just a certain way you go about this, and this is not it. Well, and I don't think he has any say in this decision <laughs> to do it this way. I mean... I think he's. They're just. They're going to him and saying that, do you want to play next year? And he's like, well, yeah. And I, so I mean, I don't. I, and maybe I'm wrong on that, but and, and maybe he does want to drag us through the mud. Um, but I just feel like when you bring the family in and you bring in all these other pieces, <clears throat> and I'm sure that lawyer went to them and was like, hey, I will. I would love to represent you. Like we can do this, we can make this happen. I mean, I'm sure they didn't. They didn't contact him. I, I if if I was gonna put money on, it, I'm sure he reached out to them, and it was like, I, we wanna we wanna do this, or we I if this is how you wanna approach this. If you wanna play next year, I'm I've got the track record. I can make this happen, kind of thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he has to agree well, to it's- do that. Yeah, but it's not to, to, to me. It's like, well, you can't take all the blame away from Justin Fields. Oh, just right. like you yeah. can't take what all the blame away from Kirby. You know, losing the the SEC championship. Obviously, he played a part in that. But anyway, that's just an analogy. But to me, it's like, okay, I don't think Fields has like he. I don't think he like wanted to to do poorly of of the University of Georgia football program. But at the same time, he did make the conscious decision saying. Okay, I mean, he had to agree to say, okay, we're going to hire this lawyer and he's going to fight for my eligibility next year. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he wanted to do anything wrong to you know the football program. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, because he agreed to this, there's still he's like, okay, do your worst kind of thing. So I don't know, it could it can go either way. Yeah, well, and I and I'm definitely not trying to get him. Scott, like, get him off uh, and say that this was out of his control because uh, it's definitely not. But there's just – in the way college football is now – and the, the thing that's interesting about this is if this happens, the precedent that will be set, if he's able to play next year, is going to be uh, – I don't really know how to describe it, but it, it's just going to change the whole landscape of how, how college football goes. And, and so I, I'm just – I'm very doubtful that it will uh, – well, that's not true at all. I think there's a good shot that it doesn't happen, that he has to sit a year. 
but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if if they start making all these crazy claims and and, and make something happen. And so, I, I it, yeah, and I'm I'm with you. I'm just I, I want it to be over. And man, we hadn't even warmed up yet. Like, <laughs> nope. We're we're, we're nope. just walking out onto the field, kind of thing with this. And so, who knows how long this will go on? Um, so I I don't know, man. Um, we'll we'll see. It's it's interesting. Um, but I don't know. Do you got anything else you want to say on that? Because I just hate Ohio State so much, and this really, really pisses me off. <clears throat> that's where he's going. I do wish him success, and I want him. And thing is, I know he's going to go there, and he's going to be really freaking good. And so it's just like that—that that upsets me too. But, um, but I don't know. I—I I, don't—I don't mean to be to be you know mean about it, but. I don't really wish him success, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, the kid, if he had gone quietly and set out a year and, like, didn't do anything to, to cast a negative light on the University of Georgia, I'd say, boom, like, pulling for Justin Fields, no doubt about it. I'm pulling for Jacob Eason next year. Eason did nothing to make us look bad. In fact, he he sent out a statement talking about how the University of Georgia was a great, great program and, and, and it really, you know, built him success uh, towards the NFL um, it was just the best decision for him at the at the time, kind of thing. Uh, I mean, you know, Fields released a statement, but at the same time, it's like, well, you release a statement, you say all these good things, um, but then you're about to drag us through the mud. So, in in my opinion, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna say like I'm not gonna be that guy that's like, oh, I hope he tears his ACL. Like, there's people that say that crap online. I'm just like, you're 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 an idiot. You are a terrible person. But I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, I'm pulling for Justin Fields to succeed at Ohio State if he decided to consciously do what he's doing now. So yeah, and I guess, and I I, I mean, I agree with you. And I guess I just haven't, since it did happen uh, today, I I just haven't wrapped my head around like, I guess he hasn't, he hasn't done anything to like harm me yet. So like, (laughs) I haven't like gotten to that point yet. But I'm, I'm with you If, if. if he goes about this the wrong way, his home state's gonna be uh, not too pumped with him. Um, yeah, and, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of it is his family, his parents. Well, his yeah. specifically his father. Yeah. So, so it's I, not I, a yeah. 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 It, it, it's an ongoing situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, what'd you think about uh, what'd you think about that game Tuesday night? Oh man, since when? Since when is that a thing? Since when does Alabama lose like that? I don't. Uh, I don't think it's ever. Never happened. under Saban. Like, yeah. The only the, they they said it during the game. The most he had lost by since being Alabama was fourteen points, and he's done that three different times, and uh, that's that's wild. Um, we we kind of talked about twenty eight points. Yeah, I mean that's insane. <laughs> yeah, and and, and we kind of. We kind of talked about it before we got going, um, but it, it was just a, from start to finish, just such a. It, it was insane. Uh, I, 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 you just kind of couldn't really after that pick six, you couldn't really believe what you were you were you were seeing, and so I don't know. It, it was just, I guess for me, that was like, that was a us. I saw that game and I'm like, you know, we did that for about three and a half quarters. We we've actually played like Clemson. I know we forgot, and so I, you just saw that senior leadership that Clemson kind of put on the field, and and in that trophy ceremony, all those seniors could come up there and just 
I don't know. It, it, it made me wish for wish for something that I know we we could have had, and so I just yeah they were, they were giving him uh, giving him wet willies. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> no, it's awesome. I mean, everything about that just screamed what we need at the University of Georgia because like you can be you can be a factory, you can be a guy. I mean, you can be a team that's going to put in put out NFL talent all the time. But you, I want to have players that want to play for the University of Georgia and have that connection and that pride and what they do every day for this state and for this university. So to me, that was a blend of beautiful things. I mean, there's how many first rounders are going to be coming off that team oh in the God. future? I mean, from from freshman to sophomore, that Justin Ross kid, holy cow, man. Jeez. I mean, he was unbelievable. I had a, a notification came on my phone from the Wall Street Journal and it was like, from the Wall Street Journal is like why Trevor Lawrence should not play the next two seasons. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> that's how good he played this season. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, but it, it, it's it's crazy, and I, I I agree with you. You just you just saw it because you know we got a glimpse of that last year, and I I was hoping deep down that that what we got last year with Chubb, Sony, and Davin and and Lorenzo like that was going to be our catalyst for. Guys want to stay and see what we and see what we yeah. were able to accomplish and come one play from winning it all. So I mean, but it, this year it's like screw that, like <laughs> it's yeah. just clean house yeah. kind of thing. But I mean, who knows? Like I said, I don't want to become Alabama in the sense you said, like a factory. Uh, but obviously, that's just the selfish of me. So just just thought I wanted. To, I just wanted to throw that out there. So no, I agree. I mean, no, I mean. What a what a performance the other day. We haven't seen Alabama get thrown around like, around like that uh, in a long time. So, uh, you know, credit credit Dabo and the squad. Uh, I think he's he's awesome. Uh, Dabo's Dabo's a great coach. He's a great leader. He's a great Christian man. So, you know, I just appreciate you know what he does over there. Except for the fact that uh, we have to play them every now and then. So that yeah. ain't no good. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my thoughts on the, on the game. You got you got anything else to to add to it? No, uh, I know kind of on paper from a recruiting standpoint, we were supposed to want Alabama to win, but uh, yeah, I I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed that thoroughly. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, uh, and it's also just like, you know, you sit back and you you just like appreciate watching Nick Saban actually like go beyond fur- furiousness and and just ha- being like. Man, we are getting our ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw the. Yeah. Was, they they uh, had a kid on uh, Clemson's team, and he was talking to one of his buddies, and they had the camera on him, and he looked. He had he had this look. He, they were talking to each other, and, and he looked at his buddy with disbelief, and he's like, "Man, we're kicking the sh- shit out of him." It's <laughs> 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 just like, yeah, so he, he couldn't even believe how much yeah. how well they were doing. It was awesome. It was hilarious. Um, but it it really was, man. It, it almost until even until going into the fourth quarter, you're like, the Alabama's going to come back. They're going to do something. Yeah. But yeah. That, that team really stood up and, and and played just a phenomenal ball game. And nobody had been talking about them all even even leading up to this game. It was all about Alabama. So. Anyway. Well, hey, Trevor Lawrence, uh, we talked about earlier, just real quick. I had to say this stat, 10 of 15 on third down conversions on offense. That's uh, that's a little over 66%. So, incredible true freshman. I mean, unbelievable. Basically, after the first quarter. I mean, well, during the first quarter, too. But, 
I mean, after after the first quarter, that guy was phenomenal. And they couldn't really and they couldn't time. really run the ball. And so, I mean, it was all really on him. Like he he created more opportunities, but it was on him. He had to make the plays. Yeah. And um and, and so and Ross, was, but you know. Yeah. And Ross and uh, who's who's the other receiver? Um. Uh, shoot. I just, I'm just saying Ross. T. T. Something. T. Yeah, they had a couple guys had weird, <laughs> really, really weird names on their team. I, can, I can't remember. I couldn't, I couldn't even say them. Like even Chris Fowler was struggling with them. <laughs> um, but, I, 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 well, I, I, I feel bad, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's the uh, that's T. Higgins. Yeah, T. Higgins. That's his name. Well, anyway, um, yeah. Enough about Clemson and Alabama. We're gonna be pushing forward and. We'll probably try to do a uh, natural signing day um, episode, and th- honestly, that'll probably just kind of be a recruiting recap more than anything. I don't really suspect uh, or e- expect there to be a whole lot of big news coming that day, uh, so we'll we'll do that, and then uh, everybody look forward to the off season drinking episode. That's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> we don't know what that's gonna look like. <laughs> You're getting me more and more giddy every time we talk about. It. <laughs> well, we just talking about it's like, gosh, we are gonna get so bored that we're gonna have to record something. We might as well drink while we're doing it. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. But uh, anyway, uh, as as always, uh, go dogs, chance. Hey man, dogs on top. See y'all. Bye.